Welcome to episode 119. Today's guest is Siobhan Fallon Hogan. She has been in Forrest Gump, Saturday Night Live, Seinfeld, Men in Black, Holes. She is immensely talented, and I might be understating that. She is so cool. She is so funny. I absolutely think the world of her before the interview. Um, I can tell you now, after the interview, she was even better than I thought she'd be, and I thought she was going to be phenomenal. So what a blessing having her on the show was. Um, I have to say it's been a bittersweet week for sure. Um, I recorded this interview almost two weeks ago. And I usually don't sit on interviews. I mean, I have a couple in storage that I'm going to plan on releasing. And I've, I've held on to them for a couple reasons. There's like three or four I have like that. But this wasn't supposed to be one of those. Um, this was supposed to come out uh, right away. Um, a few days after um, I recorded this interview, my father passed. And I usually don't bring up my personal life on the podcast. Oh, I, I do. I shouldn't say that. I do bring up my podcast. And I, I, I don't know how deep personally I go or how deep I don't go um but I have to say you know it, it's bittersweet and I mentioned bittersweet obviously the, the the sweet part was was Siobhan and, and, and how awesome she is and was and the bitter part is you know the loss of 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 my father in full disclosure and full honesty what I pride myself on um it's 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 definitely been a tough road um I love this podcast, and, and I've said this on, on numerous occasions. Um, my podcast has been, um, I think, a lot of people appreciate my guests. I think a lot of people appreciate my honesty. And it's certainly been a form of therapy to me to kind of just air things out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a tough few weeks. Um, I certainly don't want people... I, you know, I refused, received a few emails asking if the podcast was done or um, if I'm on hiatus. or And that's not the case at all. I it, It's just I've been attending to a lot of things. I've been with family. I've been doing my thing. And um, it's been a very tough couple weeks. You know, um, there's always a notion when somebody close passes to you. Like, like, why me? You know, why did it happen to me? You know? I mean, who else is it supposed to happen to? Like, who else is death supposed to happen to? Is it always supposed to be somebody else? Is 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 the arrow never supposed to fall on you? I mean, I don't know. Death, I, I, I will never understand it. I will never understand how it works. I mean, I'm not the most religious person in the world. I, I wish I was as religious as I was when I was younger, but I, I, I'm clearly not. But that doesn't mean I don't believe either. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm... And, and, and I know there's words that describe people agnostic or, or whatever. I, I don't know where I am on that scale. Um, but without even going to the religious point or, or, or what, you know, the, the why me, um, my dad was such a beautiful guy. He's just, he was one of the best people I've ever known. Like he was my movie buddy. He was the guy I watched um, television with. He's the guy that I talked to, I spent time with, we went on trips together. He was, he, he's absolutely um, my, my best friend. And um, he certainly missed dearly, you know. Um, a couple of days ago, I was writing his obituary. And if you told me, you know, two weeks ago, I'd be writing my dad's obituary uh, this week, I would have said you were full of shit. But, you know, there's a saying, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him you have plans. Um, tell him your plans. And, um and I'm certainly not messed a little bit over the top, but um, no, I, I'm, I'm, I, I've some, I have some great guests scheduled, and I have some um, wonderful people in my personal life that I that I absolutely adore, and that have been so kind to me, and every step of the way have been supportive, and you know, without mentioning names, I'm just so thankful for those people, whether it's the people I, I work for or, or the you know f friends that I have. But I always have to say, too, you know, if you weren't a kind person to my dad and you want to offer up condolences, truthfully, shove them up your ass. You know, whether it's his relatives or people we knew. Um, and I know a lot of people are about forgiveness in times like this. Not me. Um, I want you to be the person you were when my father was alive. If you were an asshole to my dad and you want to offer up condolences, take those condolences, wrap them up very nicely uh, and to steal from Rock the Rock, shove them up your ass. Um, I, I want nothing to do with phony people, ever. 
I mean, there's just too many fakes and phonies in the world as it is. Never mind the podcasting world that's filled with phonies. But believe me when I tell you, I am going to address those phonies by name um, in upcoming episodes. Bank on it. Bet on it. I 100% will. You know, but I have to say the one thing that has me, that, that's gotten me through this, um, outside of the great support um, and having a wonderful family that I do, and, and, and just thinking about things like, you know, you, you think about the great people in our world, right? The great people that have passed. Martin Luther King and uh, JFK and, and, and Abraham Lincoln. Just, just people that are, you know, Harriet Tubman. I'm just, just people over the course of history that accomplished so much. Like, death just doesn't discriminate. It's just, you know... And, and when people talk about living your best life and, 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 and YOLO, you know, I mean... They're crazy and they're, they're kind of foolish terms, but at the heart of them is kind of true, right? You get one time around, and I know it's probably not popular or, or, or kosher to bring up a, a, a Kevin Spacey movie, but there's such an awesome line at the end of K-Pax, right? Jeff Bridges is in it. Um, wonderful movie. Um, when he talks about uh, repairing the rapport Jeff Bridges has with his son, uh, who's played by the... Um, Oh, he was in he was in Breaking Bad. Um, Aaron Paul and um, Prot, who is played by Kevin Spacey, turns to um, uh, Jeff Bridges' character, talking about his son. He goes, "My advice to you is to get it right this time because this time is all we have." And I know it's so basic and so like obvious, but I have to say it's. It's so truthful at its core and it's so powerful at its core. Like, if you aren't appreciating the people in your life now, then you deserve every bit of grief you get when they pass. Like, if you aren't hugging your mom or your dad or your daughter or your son or whoever or a friend or whomever and just and just embracing the people that are good to you in life and that are kind and beautiful, then you deserve... All the grief and heartache that death brings. Like, you deserve it. You should appreciate the now. And believe me, that's one of the biggest lessons I've taken out of this. Um, you know, and I, it was so corny when, when, when I was younger or when people tell you, you know, appreciate what you have. And, you know, hug somebody, tell somebody I love you. It is so goddamn true. It is so freaking true. Like, to appreciate those that are good to you and kind to you. And I'm not saying to appreciate all people because all people aren't good people. But I'm saying the people that you love in your life, don't let a second go by without telling them what they are and what they mean to you. And um, I always made it a point to tell my dad, uh, you know, how much I loved him. And it was so corny because sometimes it would come out of nowhere, you know. You know, we'd be watching a movie, uh, I don't know, Django uh, Unchained, uh, Quentin Tarantino's movie. And he'd be like, wow, Christoph Waltz is really good in this movie. I'd be dad, you know I love you, right? Like, they'd come out of nowhere. I'd... I, I would say it out of nowhere. So, in that way, um, it doesn't ease things. But I think my dad passed knowing how much he was loved. Not just by me, uh, but by my, by my family. Uh, and I'm so sorry to ruin this awesome interview with my sobbing in the beginning of it. But it really is a fantastic interview. So, um, I apologize on that regard. Um, Siobhan, I'm sorry if I ruined this interview. Uh, you were phenomenal in it, and it actually cheered me up listening to your part of it. This part, not so much. Um, but that's all I've got. Um, I'll be back stronger than ever. Um, life is full of ups and downs. So um, without any more of my um, feeling sorry for myself, I bring to you the great uh, Siobhan Fallon Hogan. Hi, Forrest. Don't. I want to tell you I love you. I love you too, Daddy. I'll be right here when you get back. You understand this is the bus to the school now, don't you? Of course, and you were Dorothy years, and I'm Forrest Gump.
Motion pictures, can't get enough Cinephile, movie lover, and a big movie buff Talking to actors, directors, innovators Athletes to writers, real trailblazers Yeah, originator, not a duplicator So honest, always authentic Tune in, trust me, you don't want to miss it This is the Monday Morning Critic Amazing life journeys, great interviews From sports analysts, even reporters too Captivating, always top content Bringing top quality, everybody's talking Yeah, originator, not a duplicator so passionate and so authentic Tune in, trust me, you don't want to miss it This is the Monday Morning Critic Hey yo, you ready? Let's do it guest is work on the small screen and the big screen is truly amongst my favorite her work on SNL is epic I absolutely love everything about her filmography who she is she's uh she's really one of the best actors on the planet her name is Siobhan Fallon Hogan Siobhan how are you today I'm great how are you good so like I'm, re- I'm going through your life, and I feel like I know your life as good as you at this point. And, you know, I, I was really refreshed, and I didn't know this about you. Like, not that it should be made, made a point of it, but, like, your faith really kind of drives who you are. Is that, a, is that a fair point, or am I kind of reaching it with that? I, I, I guess that would be the case. Um, <laughs> sometimes you feel really pious saying that, but also, you know, it could be my Irish Catholic guilt driving me, too. So it's one or the other. <laughs> but i feel like faith-based like i don't know i don't know like if if actors have hidden their religion because i feel like there's been a new i don't know what what word you would use a a new birth or rebirth of faith-based movies so it's like i don't know if it's like people clearly love these types of movies like is it because people are like religion is just such a complicated matter and I, i i don't get it you know, I don't really get it either, but I do love, like, what was the one that was just there? Heaven, Heaven is for Real and those movies were so good. Right. Um, of course, I haven't been in any of the, I haven't been in any of the faith-based, but I would love to be in them. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of a topic that was kind of ignored for a little while. I don't know why in the films. And now, I, you know, it comes down to money when, when I think when those did well, then they start doing more of them. Yeah, I mean, and... and, and- you know, I grew up Catholic, confirmation, I did all that. And, and you know, right. I, I always I always have a mixed bag when it comes to religion because there are truly most people that practice religion, regardless of what it is, are just, just great people. But, like, right. my neighbor is, like, one of those Catholic people that, like, lives life awfully. Like, like Monday through Saturday, they are just not good people. Like, they cheer for the downfall <laughs> of others. Yeah. But, but, like, for that one hour on Sunday, Siobhan, they turn into the nicest people on the planet. Well, that's the. I mean, isn't that? That's just about every religion. Don't you Absolutely, I mean, good, bad, and everything. Yes, yeah. yes. It's definitely not just the cat. It's every religion. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so I have to say, you know, do you teach a lot of acting? I know you, you've done a lot of speaking. I know you, you're, you're very, um, uh, you know, you, you do a lot of that. Do you find yourself? Do you teach acting as well? Do you know what? I when I'm not working, I will teach. I've I've taught. Oh, I guess about. Well, I used to do a seminar through um, at the Atlantic Theater Company through NYU on how to write your own one-person show, and I've done that at a couple couple different colleges. And then I did I've done a kids class in my town. You know, I'll do it every just just when I have time. I'll be like, okay, I think I have a five-week period. I'm going to do it. And then every summer, I try to do like a little camp because I love kids. So I do like a camp that's like four days, three hours a day, which is hilarious because, you know, um, it's kind of like everything that I would have loved to have done when I was a little kid. Like I do like puppets. I do makeup. And then, of course, snack time is my favorite where I'm like, have you know, have the kids come at nine in the morning at like 10. They have like chocolate chip cookies and, you know, popsicles and all this gross stuff. And they're like, and then I send them to, home to their parents at like noon and they're like wired. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got to say, if, if I took up acting, right? Right. So like I want to get your perspective. I, I had a guest earlier in the year who was just such a he's very much like you, very kind person. Austin Pendleton, right? Like a good oh, I love him. Yeah, like a good person. Like that's I love who I that's who I think you I don't know, I guess you could teach anything, right? It all and it's all dependent on the teacher and how they like kind of you know, just 
I don't know how. Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like you know, I say to like I actually had a kid come over tonight. It's like, you know, when, a lot of times when people get them kid their kids into being child actors, you're like, oh god, don't do that. But this kid's really talented. His mother's like, hey, this kid, he has an audition for this sketch comedy show, comedy show. Would you mind you know coaching him? So anyway, um, the long and the short of it is. You know, he said to me, well, you know, I go to this person who tapes me and they're so mean. And I said, you know, that's the problem. Like a lot of times with kids, a lot of times teaching them is the people that really just want to be an actor. So they're kind of like bitter. So that's one thing that I always say to kids. I'm like, listen, when everyone tells you you're no good between this age and this age, that's impossible. Mm. You you know what I mean? You know, you don't know you're flowering. So just, you know, you got to look for the good in kids. But it's rough when you run into a bad teacher because – a lot of acting teachers, unfortunately, want to act, and they're not doing it, so that's why they're teaching. Oh, that is so well said. It's kind of like me 10 weeks out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're, when I send out an email, I'm like, okay, listen, I'm going to be teaching a course. They're like, oh, she's unemployed again. <laughs> or that week in the summer. I, I never I never make an interview about me, but to add to your point, like I remember when I was younger and I, I really wanted to play the piano, and I yes. had this teacher, Bruce, who was just awful to me like like he yelled to make his points but it, it, oh. now that what you just said like he was probably not in a place in his life that he wanted to be in like i'm sure he didn't want to be teaching a nine-year-old right. the piano so he took right. it out on me and i totally get that point like that hits home well, big which time. is really funny when you can really have good perspective on it like if you do want to write later it's so funny like my daughter i have three kids my youngest daughter took piano and I remember she told me that the teacher put his head, she, he didn't know she was lo- looking, and he put his head in his hands and just shook it like, oh. <laughs> uh, uh. Because seriously, what could be worse than teaching piano? Because there are a lot of really untalented piano players and just hearing that banging over and over again. Like, I know I took piano when I was little, and I have to say I was pretty good. My sister Sheila, though, she, I'd, first of all, I'd always make her go first, and then I would fall asleep on the couch. My teacher's name was Mrs. Doyle. And then she literally would play the same song every week for weeks and never have practiced it in between. And I thought, Mrs. Doyle must be like, could this girl just maybe, I don't know. I'm just thinking maybe, could she practice once? (laughs) (laughs) I got to believe that your your, your house seems like such a fun place to be with your kids and your great family atmosphere. Well, now now we're at a weird stage because get this one. My oldest daughter, she just turned 24. She just got a job with the New York Post as a political writer. Wow. Now, she's moved out of the house. My son is a junior at West Virginia, and my oldest daughter is a senior in high school. So tomorrow, I'm such a bad mother. You know, most people know where their kids are going at this point for college. Tomorrow morning at 4 in the morning, we're flying to University of uh, South Carolina and then driving to North Carolina. But anyway, it's like... It's like, a, like I said, I'm looking around myself, you know, thank God we're on the radio because my house is so messy right now. It's like a scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do your kids, and, and, and I have this down the line, but I'll ask you now, do your kids, are they, are, is it, I always wonder how kids react to, you know, ma, obviously your husband's very successful in, in a different line of work, but you know, is, are, are you, what are your kids' reactions to like your filmography, the fact that mom is a very you know, it's successful? Weird. It's weird. I think it's weird. I remember what. My oldest daughter, when I was little, and something came on TV, and she screamed. We were living in New York City at the time, in an apartment, and she screamed, Oh, what are you doing on TV? And she ran in the other room. And then another time, just think, just because you asked me this off the top of my head, I have a house in upstate New York, and we'd go to Cooperstown once a summer, because my husband loves baseball. And someone said, Oh, you know, are you Siobhan Fallon, you and Men in Black, blah, blah, blah. And my daughter, without, you know, the one who's the political reporter now, is very serious and said, "Ugh, she's all over town. (laughs) (laughs) But I think they get used to, like, you know, like my son was a junior and he got to come to the 40th SNL party. So it's like it's like a lot of stuff that becomes I mean, of course, that was insanely exciting. Oh, my God. But They got to do a lot of really cool stuff, but they also don't like idolize celebrities because of it because they, they've been on a lot of movie sets and they get it. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. I think they get it. <laughs> and one of the things, one of the things of the many things I really like about you is that you, you have a great sense of humor and, and I don't care what line of work you're in. I just feel like that is one of the things where people almost want you to know how funny they are versus just be yourself. Like this is who you are. I work with people that like legitimately say like, I'm a funny person. Like, 
I don't know. Like it drives me nuts. Oh, I feel like that's since- horrible. And that's one thing when you see, like I tell you, always tell kids too, like there's nothing worse than seeing someone on stage that thinks that they're funny. Cause you're like, ew, I don't want to laugh because you think you're funny. But, um, what was I going to say about that? Um, I forgot. <laughs> well, well, it, well it's, it's, it's forced. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not yes. natural. It's, I don't yes. know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, so I, I'm looking at your, you know, your college, you went to Lemoyne, you went to Catholic U to get your MFA. Um, right. Do you, do, do you feel like that? I mean, looking back on your, what you've, your enormous accomplishments, do you feel like that was necessary? Do you feel like that's really helped you along the way? Or was it like a, was it a mentor, Siobhan, or was it a mixture of both? You mean, you, you mean going to graduate school and that right, kind of thing? Right, right. Getting the I MFA, think, like, I always you know, find Honestly, that- like, I was from a small little town, and, you know, a, a lot of times people say, you can't go into acting. I'll never forget this person said to me, you can't go into that. People have been studying acting since they were five years old that lived near New York City. I think a lot of it, what it does is builds confidence, and you then get experience on stage. So, you know, you do you can do college theater, and then you're like, oh, geez, well, I was good for college, but am I good enough for graduate school? And you go to graduate school, and you're like, oh, I guess I can compete. And then you go to New York. And, you know, and you stand online, you're a big loser. And then you're like, oh, I did a little play. You know, you know, it's just it's basically about building confidence for a while. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I guess I can do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's it, what it was for me. And, you, and you, know, you know, you get training like um, actually after graduate school, I studied the Meisner technique, you know, in, in New York. And I always tell kids, you know, study the Meisner technique. and You can, you can save a whole lot of money. Right. Right. Is there a mentor that stood out for you, too, or is it just kind of like experience? Um, let me think. Well, you know, there was a priest at Catholic U named Father Hartke. He was a fabulous guy, and he looked like Marlon Brando, and he had white hair. He was, his family actually owned Walgreens, um, like pharmacies. Wow. And one, I'll never forget one my first year in New York, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is so bad. I mean, I've got making about two cents an hour as a receptionist because I wasn't a good enough waitress. I had to be a receptionist. And I was I was like, this is going nowhere. I'm a big loser. And I remember he called me that Christmas. I was living like in a two by four with another girl. And my, our apartment was so small that my clothes hung over my bed and my feet touched her feet. And then somebody broke through the window and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get killed. I got to get out of here. But anyway, he called me and said. He used to call me Irish. He's like, Irish, it's Father Gilbert Hartke. I said, Hi, Father, how are you? He said, For this Christmas, I give you the gift of courage. And it was like really like something to me. I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I got to stick this out. And then another time someone said, who came to Catholic U when I was in graduate school, and he was like 38 years old, which at the time I thought was ancient when I was, you know, I was like probably 23 or something. And I was like, and he said, just remember when you're in the arts, Never compare yourself to other people your age because people in business can, you know, especially at the time. I mean, I was, this was like the 80s. So people, you know, people were like, oh, I got out of college and I'm making like 60 a year. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got a $250 bonus answer in the phones. <laughs> anyway, so I, he was like, don't ever, life is not a track meet. Don't compare yourself. And I always remembered that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I think that you can't do that when you're in the arts. It's it's not a it's 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 a different. It's like slow and steady wins the race, you know. Right, right. It, unless it, unless you're related to someone in the business, <laughs> that's that's true. And you know, one of the things is when you when you speak to like so college level kids or or people that are are you know want to be actors, is, is there a question you get a lot that there's really no answer to? Uh, let's see. You know. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but you do get a lot of ki- like things have changed. Like you'll get a lot of kids now that really just want to be famous. You know, that, they're not really that interested in the art. Yes. Or you know, so that's a huge change that I've noticed when I do these like college, you know, one woman show seminars. That was my that was um, my that was my follow up question. That was my follow up question to you because it seems like if that's their intention to get famous, that it's that's a, it's a very lonely road. I think so, because are you really in it? You know, I mean, like, I would kill to do a play, but, you know, sometimes you can't afford to do a play. So, yeah, it's kind of, do you really love this or not? Right, right. No, that that is so well said. And, you know, your first break, and, and I hope I'm right here, otherwise I'd, I'd be pretty embarrassed. Is, is, it, is it the Golden Girls? Would, would you say that was it? That was, <laughs> Isn't that funny? That is yes, awesome. As a matter of fact, I did the Golden Girls, and I was so thrilled. And you know, you, you, it's like a week long when you do when you're a guest star, and um, 
at the end of the week, I wrote them each a thank you note <gasps> as if I was like part of the cast, like it was like a show. And I remember they were like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of fact, the producer, this is so ridiculous. I was so pathetic. He came and he was like, oh, and he thought he was looking at me, and he was his arms wide open, and he passed me and hugged the girl behind me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I thought he was going to hug me. <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? Like, like when, and it was so funny. Are, are you, like, blown? Like, is that, like, mind-blowing? Like, I mean, obviously, you're somebody who is, you know, you're talented at that point. You have, you know, you know what you're doing, but, like, that's a huge, I mean, at the time, that's a, that's a huge break, right? I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, let me tell you something. As they say, it's all who you know. A lot of it is through, you know, that was a guy that I became friends with in L.A. and he was a writer. He's like, look, I can't get you on the show, but I can get you an audition. And and so they're still a really good friend of mine. His name's David Goodman. And he's now the president of the Writers Guild. And I'm a, a matter of fact, he spoke at something and I saw a video of it. I was like, David, we really, you became somebody. We did it. <laughs> And, and and that is like like I mean, they must they must have been so that's really a sweet gesture for somebody that's like you know I, I guess you would say green or, or but but to, to to do that that's a very kind oh, thing to write huge. letters and then it's kind of like be careful what you wish for because I remember you know a lot of times you're on a television show especially a, co- a comedy the old sitcoms you know there was so many more in those days but. Um, the, the the actors become such big stars that the director really can't direct them anymore. And a lot of times the directors are just coming in to do one or two episodes. So they can't because the actors have become so big that they're like, don't you dare criticize me. So the guest star is completely the target. So you'll be getting so many notes that your head is spinning. And of course, I was never like small. <laughs> I was kind of like, go big or go home. And I think my friend David was like, oh my God. You know, Because they'd be like, now Siobhan, you know, you tone it down a little. You know, I've always gotten that, you know, yeah. you can always, we can always, I'm glad you're where you are, but we can always bring it back a little. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, and I, I always get like, I, I hate like complimenting people and, I, and when I really mean it, because I always feel like I'm patronizing my guests, but like, I have to say the 1991-92 cast of Saturday Night Live, especially you, in my opinion, is the best cast ever in the show's history. Like, and I can back that up, but... That, well, I here's guess the I, thing. I wouldn't be able to tell you, because I can't stay up that late, so I haven't seen <laughs> this in years. So the cast could be spectacular, and I could bump into them on the street and be like, I have no idea who you are. But, um, no, we were... It was... Well, first of all, personality-wise, I mean, Chris Farley was a great friend of mine. I loved Chris. I mean, he's a person, hilarious, great guy, Talk about a faithful guy. I mean, an unbelievable person. You know, Chris Rock was great. Uh, Adam Sandler. We had, a, we had a really great group. And um, so that, Julia Sweeney was great. And, and I, I mean, I, I just, you know, we really, really had and Victoria Jackson. I loved my group and Ellen Cleghorn. But um, uh, Phil, yeah, Har- Phil Hartman was, was Phil Hartman was part of that group. Phil Hartman, yeah, it's crazy. Dana Carvey, Mike Myers, I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, Dana was, I love Dana. He was so insanely talented. I mean, still, he's just unbelievable, unbelievably talented. Is, is working for Lorne Michaels, is that high pressure? Like, I feel like he's a guy you don't want to mess up too many times in front of. Like, I, I mean, I could be well, wrong. The whole thing, the whole thing is so high pressure that sometimes I think I have, like, when I, the first couple of years after I off that show, I used to walk slowly past 30 Rock, like, a block away because it's you know let's face it you you know it's just i mean it's just it's pressure i mean because you got you, you're, you're supposed to be funny you gotta get stuff on then you go on saturday you know you do the dress rehearsal and they cut half the show half an hour before the show and you're like uh-oh so it's big pressure you know and, and, and plus i was never a stand-up comic so it's not like you know stand-ups i think really understand and can deal with that kind of pressure whereas if you're an actor you have like you know if you're in a play of weeks to prepare or if you're even if you're in a television show you have like time to prepare this is just like here's your script good luck you got two days okay got caught now we got we're changing lines you got 10 minutes to learn the new lines before you're on air yeah so it's pretty, it's pretty rough you, you know siobhan i never thought of that like you you didn't do stand up, and a lot of your castmates here. I want to say it was oh, like seventy five to eighty percent were stand up comedians. Completely. As a matter of fact, I, I oh my gosh, and, you know, and a part of being a stand up is when the guest star comes in and you pitch everybody to pitch their ideas for their for what sketch they want to get on. They're like 
really good at pitching stories. Where that's why Chris Farley was so funny because he was not a stand-up, and um, he'd say, you know, like people would, you know, they come to like a cast room and they say, well, you know, I just read, uh, um. I don't know, War and Peace, and there's this one thing, and then get to Chris, and he'd go, well, I'm not much of a reader per se, (laughs) 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 but I thought it'd be kind of funny if we did a sketch on a ski lift. (laughs) Then his guest shows could be pretty, some of them could be rough. Be like, yeah, what are you going to do on the ski lift? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it was it was insane. You know, and, and I, I never, you know, obviously, I, I never knew Chris Farley. I never knew Robin Williams. But I feel like when they both passed, like, I feel like I lost, in, in the cheesiest way possible, like, I feel like I lost somebody that I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like Huge. Huge. Yeah. And because what's so rough, especially like Robin Williams, who I didn't even know, but you're like, Oh my gosh, it's so sad to think someone that funny was so sad, you know? Right. Way to see someone suffer and, oh, I don't know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, get, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and I have to say that, you know, I mean, J- Jimmy, who shares your name, and I know you guys aren't related, and, and you probably get that a lot, but, you know, yes, yes. he used to, you know, Jimmy's thing is he can't, he can't hold it in through a scene, and, he, oh. you know, but, but I heard, I used to hear, like, Lauren, like, like he didn't think that was funny. Like he thought, like you know, he didn't. He wasn't okay with that for a while. So I don't know. I, I a lot of high yeah, pressure. I don't really. I don't really know. I wasn't on when Jimmy was on. I love Jimmy. I think he's hysterical. Matter of fact, I did a movie. I did Fever Pitch when he was the lead, and the the driver picked me up at the airport and he said, "That was really nice of your brother to get you a part in the movie." <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Yeah, you know, I was on SNL before him, and yeah, it was nice of him. Anyway, so I'm right over here. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, I don't know. It just seems like the group you were with is just amazing. And, I mean, and I know just kind of bouncing back and forth here. Do you get a lot – I read where you get a lot of your sense of humor from your dad. Is that – My father was insanely funny. And I mean, like – not just I mean of course everybody wanted to be around him because he was so funny like at any party any he was great at giving speeches he was completely irreverent um you know if he like I remember one time he got the Catholic Charities Award and he was like oh my god I got an award from you guys we've never gotten I've never got an award in my life I was one of 11 you must want to check you know he was just mocked everything <laughs> nothing nothing was sacred with my father she was really funny they used to say I remember the college he went to, Lemoyne College up in Syracuse, I actually went there too, a small little Jesuit. They, there was a cartoon that said, Bill Fallon needs to take it on the road. <laughs> and and, I, and my, I have a son, my son, who was a junior at West Virginia, Peter, he's hilarious too. And he's so much, it's like my father reincarnated. Mm. It's like, you know, it's just that funny that you can't teach. Yeah, I mean, do you do you do you miss? And I'm bouncing all over the place here. You know, you're, oh, I do want to say your parents wanted you to be a teacher. I think you would have made a great teacher. I know, but I'm not very smart. <laughs> no, that has nothing to do with it. It's, it's but you you were like I get really tired. <laughs> I get really tired. Teachers have to have such stamina. Like I was like, oh my gosh, if you're a teacher, you have to be like it's like having a birthday party every single day. After one of my kids at a birthday party, I need to sleep for like a week. I have a really, really weak constitution. Uh, do you consider your time in SNL a huge part of your, your life, especially your career? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, after I got off SNL, literally for years, you'd walk into an audition there and people go, Oh, Siobhan, this is Siobhan Fallon. Now, Siobhan, are you um, are, are you are you free right now with your schedule? I'm like, I haven't been on that show in five years. But people don't know, so that's fine. I'll just ride it. But I mean, it was definitely, I'm so grateful as far as it was, it opened it so many doors, you know, especially with film, you know, mm-hmm. because they just hear, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll let you audition if you're on SNL. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously you're, for those that they all know, but uh, Seinfeld as Tina, that had to be a great experience too. I was watching up uh, just to refresh my memory. I, I, I know all these skits, but I watched one where Jerry Seinfeld on SNL was teaching a class and uh, <laughs> the oh, class, yes. it's one of the best skits and it's, I know it's insane. And I look back at that, I, I, I you know, because they said, Oh, maybe a year or two ago, like a compilation, like tape of the of the scenes you're in, and I saw that and I was like, my God, Jerry was a baby, and I we were all babies. We looked like kids. And at the time, I remember I think I was like 29. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna turn 30. What if people find out? This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, then you do Seinfeld. I mean, like your whole filmography is just one amazing 
piece of the work after another. Like, I mean, that had to be a great experience. For, I mean, and you're so great as Tina. Like, give me a break. Like, oh my god, I love that. Well, basically, I was just doing like because I'm from upstate and Syrac- outside of Syracuse. There's so many characters up there because half my town was half rural like farm community and half of them were sophisticated and went to work in the city, which my friends thought was so funny. Like, did you mean New York? I'm like, no, Syracuse. But anyway, um, so there were so many characters and I, that, that character was just completely someone that I knew from high school. Like it was a complete imitation. And actually, actually, while I'm talking about that, I've written a movie and we're going to, it's going to be shot in, in outside of Syracuse in my town, Casanova. Wow. Uh, in the fall. Wow, and, and, yeah. and that's that's been written, casted, ready yeah, to go, it and it's finished. And I have a, uh, it's going to be an independent. And um, you know, Syracuse has this huge new film hub up there, like a fifteen million dollar film hub, and they have tax breaks. and And I actually did a movie up there this past summer called The Shed. And um, and you know, I've gotten to know a lot of the film people up there. So yeah, we're going to shoot it up there in the fall. How fantastic is that? Um, I know, is that great? That's awesome. And and so, does that happen a lot? Do you when we, when, as an actor, do, do you do you find a lot that you you work off of personal experience? Like where Tina was somebody you knew. Does that happen Definitely. a lot? Definitely. Yeah. I think um, you know my my character in Men in Black honestly was this <laughs> this commercial in Syracuse, and there was this girl that used to do this. Um, this, this commercial and it was a complete imitation but you know because some people like oh you know that was really interesting like I did a one woman show once and these people were like oh, and I did all these different characters and they're like oh I really got the theme I was like there was no theme I am um, I just <laughs> did characters that I thought were funny and then a, a lot of more based on people that I know well I mean and I hate going through people's filmography because I feel like it's like I, like like really I didn't know that was in my filmography like uh, but I have to just cover a few of these because they're so amazing like I, I had the uh, Dan Loria who was the dad in the Wonder Years on a couple episodes ago oh yeah I love him but you remind me a lot of him in this regard your role as uh, Dorothy Harris and Forrest Gump like you didn't have to say much the way you guys express yourself as actors like I just it's it's something I don't think you can teach I don't know what they call it I don't know what the the, the acting term for it is. But without even talking, your act, your your acting is so effective. You that's know, in those so nice. Few, in, in those I few... really appreciate that. Well, that's a story too with Forrest Gump because my very first movie ever was the movie Greedy, and that Phil Hartman was my husband actually, and Michael J. Fox was the lead, and and Kurt um, Douglas, Kirk Douglas was the lead, oh, and you was the father. It's yeah. insane. And he actually from Amsterdam, New York originally, and went to St. Lawrence, which is all near me. So he and I really hit it off. Anyway, so. When I went in for Forrest Gump, I was actually supposed to be – wait, wait, let me think about this. Yeah, I was supposed to be this tiny other part. And I was like to Bob Zemeckis – I had become very good friends with Mary Ellen Zemeckis. She became one of my best friends. She passed away a couple of years ago. She was the greatest girl. She went by Mary Ellen Trainer for acting. She was in a lot of movies. Anyway, she and I became great, great friends. And she's like, my husband is going to be directing this movie, Forrest Gump. And uh, – you should go in. There's a, there's a small part, so I go in, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. I read it, and I'm like, it's part of a bus driver. I was like, I took the bus every day of my life with this woman Betsy Benfeld, who was great. She was a total character, and I was like, I go in. And I said, listen, I don't want to audition for that part. I want to audition for the bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you do? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, yeah, I do. Anyway, so that that's what happened. Oh my God! So you know, and, and the whole movie, right, is based on judgment. How people see Forrest, how people, you know, he's worried about judgment. But here's this right. like breath of fresh air bus driver that, like, it's 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 a smaller role, but it's a it's it's a it's a huge kind of moment both times in the movie, and, and that's. I don't know. To me, those rules are like what make a movie, right? To the foundation. Well, that's what I love doing. I remember in college, um, I there was a what the heck was the name of the oh the real inspector hound was the name of the play and it was you know i went to a little like jesuit college and so i was getting a lot of the leads and at the time i wasn't as weird looking as i am now (laughs) or they didn't ever any people so they kept so i kept getting the roles of the ingenue and so this is this play called the real inspector hound and i think it was like the end of my sophomore year anyway so they're like, okay, so we want you to, you know, be the 
they want you to audition for the you know the, the pretty girl. Even though I wasn't that, I wasn't pretty enough to be the pretty girl, but they just worked for that. There was this big pool. But anyway, I was normal enough looking that I could have gone for that. Anyway, so I said, no, 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 I don't want to be that part. I want to be the weird maid. I want to be the weird maid, and I want to audition for that, Mrs. Drudge. So that's that's what happened. So I did, and then I was like, I love doing. I'd rather do a small character part than a straight role any day. Yeah, and it, the, the the funny thing is, I mean, did, did you like in my last question about Forrest Gump? Did you find that w- when that comes to fruition, the whole the whole movie's made? I mean, it was such a big part of the movie because the whole audience is waiting for that child to like just it, you know, it's just it's such a key moment. I mean, do you see it the same way I see it, or do I see it more like a fan sees it? Well, here's the thing. Because I'm an Irish Catholic, I don't really like to give myself that much credit, but I appreciate you thinking that. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it's, it, it is true too, you know. I, I, and you know, I don't know. I, and, and I know you've you've had roles where I, I, I read this somewhere. It was a, they wanted you to do something so ridiculous, and you're like, "No, nah, I'm okay." And then you you let your convictions lead the oh, way, you know. I know it's killed my bank account. That just recently happened to me again, and I was like, "Oh, shoot." You know, it's really a bummer when you get a script and you're like, oh, God, this is going to this is really going to set me. This is really going to set me up for a year or two. And then you read it. You get to about page four. And you're like, shoot, I cannot do this. I can't do it. I can't stand it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, oh, well. Siobhan, do, do directors or writers or do they do they work with you? A lot? Not just you, but actors in general. Do you find that happens a lot or is it kind of like, no, nope, this is my way. This is how it works. This is it. It depends. It depends on the director. You right. know what I mean? It depends on if they're like. Yeah, it totally depends. I mean, there's such so many really great guys there, or and women that I've worked with that are like really will listen to you. But that's why I do feel sorry for people starting off now because you know it's rougher. It's a rougher deal because kind of more anything goes. Yeah, I mean, and Funny Games was kind of an intense movie. That was pretty intense. Oh my god, I know. It's, it's, I, I know I've never seen it. Yeah, but but I have to say, you know, you, you you mentioned Fever Pitch, great movie. Holes is a phenomenal movie. I mean, people love that movie. I mean, that's, I, I, I mean, even the roles that, that movie I love, and I love Andy Davis, the director of that movie, is truly like the classiest, greatest guy ever. I mean, kids gra- kids love that movie. So you mentioned his name, right? So is is that a director that you know that that is that works with actors? Will say, you know what? Completely. He's such an actor's director. He's just the greatest. Guy, yeah, class, pure class. But even like movies that people don't like that aren't brought up in a lot of your interviews, like Boiler Room. Like you're in so many like great, like just great movies, and and I don't know. Like I feel like Negotiator. Like it's it all works. Like you're not in, like these like no name productions, which, which there's nothing wrong with. I'm not you know trying to you right, know, right, right. But 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 it's like your your filmography is just. And, and I told you before, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's just the way things worked out. It's just, that's a compliment to your abilities. Well, I really appreciate that. And, you know, and, and you know, just like any other actor, though, there's times when you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, the, the clock goes differently for an actor than it does for someone looking in. Like, I'll say to my sisters, I have three sisters, I'm like, oh, my God, I need a job. I haven't worked in forever. <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? You should have moved in. August. I mean, this is uh, the next time I work for December. I go. It's December. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, as the kids get older, you know, when I was so busy with the kids, you'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I have a job, and I'm like, "This job better end because these kids aren't going to know who I am." Or you know, my house is like an insane asylum. But now, as you get older, the kids are, aren't. You know, you, my my youngest is a senior. I'm like, I need a job. <laughs> yep. But I feel like your foundations as an actor are there, right? I feel like people that are naturally funny like you can absolutely do drama. But I really feel like it is not a two-way street. I feel like somebody's very dramatic that isn't so funny. I find that you can tell. It's And we kind of touched on this earlier, but I feel like you can tell. Am I off with that? Well, you're – yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know, like with me, I was pegged for comedy for sure for years. And then Lars von Trier, who does all, you know, Dancer in the Dark and, this, you know, the Danish director, and, and I just did his The House That Jack Built, and I've done three movies with him. Yeah. He didn't know that I was pegged for comedy. And one of my kids was up all night long with the, you know, with a terrible croup cough. My family's, like, plagued with whenever they got sick, they'd have really bad coughs. <laughs> so I was literally up all night long, and I had the 
the audition for Dancer in the Dark the next day, and people are like, oh my gosh, you have an audition for Lars von Trier? He's one of the most fabulous directors in the world. Meanwhile, I was like, I don't know who he is, even though, because I didn't have time to even look up, because I just kept having children. Anyway, so I go down, and I was so exhausted, and I was like, I had to cry, and I was like, I'm just going to cry. It has nothing to do with this role because I'm just so tired and I am so tired. I'm just going to cry now because I haven't any sleep. <laughs> so anyway, then I ended up getting the part, which broke that, um, you know, that was a very serious part. The, the whole thing of being pegged as a, a comedic, just comedic. So that was really lucky. Yeah, and, and people don't even consider that how difficult that must be. To, you know, to be an actor, to have a family, to kind of you know you're 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 torn three, four, five different ways. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's very difficult. I would believe. Oh my gosh, I brought my kids to every like I brought them to Australia to Charlotte's Web. I took them to Sweden. I've taken them. I would take them, and you know, I'd like negotiate. Okay, we all have to have business class. People would. I'd have like a newborn baby, a three year old, a five year old. People would be looking at me like. You've got to be kidding me. And then, you know, the cast would all be going out at night, and I'd be like, yeah, I got to go home. <laughs> I don't to be with, you know, slinging bottles. But, um, yeah, I, I made sure that I made my kids part of it, and believe me, I, I remind them of it every day. <laughs> because of your because of your convictions, a lot of your filmography is you know kid friendly, and you know movies like you know Daddy Daycare. You know we talked about Holes a little bit. I mean, do your kids remember being on the set of some of these movies? A, a few they were young. I know that, but they do. My, um, my when we filmed Charlotte's Web, it was in Australia. My son was in kindergarten. My daughter was in third grade. And they they were extras, and they were like hoodlums. I remember. Poor Gary Winnick, who's now gone. He was a great guy. And he was like, Siobhan, you've got to control your kids. Because all they wanted was the cat and c- cotton candy. They didn't realize it was a prop. And they were like, why can't we eat this? But, um, you know, and then um, my son, when I was in Baby Mama, he played my son. They caught him, though. And the night of the premiere, he dropped to his knees. He's like, what? I was caught? Oh, but anyway, man. yes. And then I just I just did going in style. This, the um, You know, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Alan Arkin. Um, we're in it, and my son came, and he worked. He worked for a day, um, and of course, I made him my dancing partner. I was like, "Yeah, I'll have that boy right there." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm so embarrassed. I even like Baby Mom, another great movie. Like, I just I, I try not to read people's filmography because I feel like it's like thanks. I know what I've been in, but like it's so like your filmography. You just you're bringing up ones I I I'm just I totally forgot. But like, yeah, I mean these, and I forget actors, especially what you're saying now. Many of these movies, you know, are kind of uh, place markers for things that have been going on in your own personal lives, right? Oh, completely. Yeah, and, and I've never, I've never, that's something that probably escapes a lot of people when they go see movies, and you know, and, and, and you're still a working actor, which is unbelievable. You're, you're you're shooting your own movies. I mean, my gosh, that's. I mean, at what point does it like? You, and you still love it more than ever, it seems. Oh my gosh, yes. I, I mean, I. I I remember when Lauren Bacall was in Dogville with me. We were going up this ramp, and she was eighty, and she's like, "Siobhan, it was getting to be sort of the end of the end of the shoot." She's like, "Do you have any jobs lined up?" And I was like, "No, not yet." Do you? And she's like, "No." She said, "Do you believe this? I'm eighty years old, still looking for a job." <laughs> I was like, "I totally get it. That's the way it is. It never ends." And your sense of humor would would jive a hundred percent with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. I mean, I, I see absolutely why. You know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're hysterical. Do you find? I mean, do you find? I mean, you're, you're obviously accomplished. We've we've gotten that down. But like, do you find you're always learning? Do you find like when you're on a set, you're like, wow, I, I like the way so and so does that, or the way this writer kind of you know put this together, the way that director wants me to. Do you learn a lot, or is it? I, I think so, definitely. And like, and, and also like, you know, you have a great appreciation for like a great costume designer or. You know, like if if there's a, a a dialect coach, there's all kinds of of different uh, elements that go into you know production that that you can learn something from somewhere, someone along the way. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, and you know, because I mean, I always feel like there's some actors in the world that like get to a certain place and they're like, I'm good. You know, I'll I'll do three takes and that's it. You use the best one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's a lot of those people too. Right, 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 right. Right, but so much of it's technical too. It's like, well, you might think you could use that last take, but the lighting wasn't good out in an airplane flew over. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm glad you like the take, but no one can hear it. <laughs> is 
there, and I hate asking this question, but I, but with you, I feel like it's 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 important. Is there a role or two or, or more than that that you're that you you look at more fondly than others? Is there one that like kind of sits with you? And I, and I'm sure you get that all the time. Well, but, you know, it's funny. Um, like I love doing new in town with Harry Connick Jr. and Renee Zellberger because I really love them. They're they're great people, and yep. we had a great time. Um, and then all the movies I did with Lars von Trier I love because I love him and I love the way the Europeans I love the way the Danish do it and the people are such good people and it's a completely different system over there and I just you know it's kind of an all for one and one for all deal and I'm very close with all of them and then then there's ones where I love because of where I got to take my kids like Charlotte's Web you know the kids got to go uh you know to Australia so and and I love doing Charlotte's Web too but they all have sort of different um different reasons you know what I mean Right, right. No, no. I, I, I absolutely understand that. And do you find because you're a very honest person, like you, you, you don't, you, you're not a BSer. You, you, you shoot from the hip. Do you find that people have a problem with that? Do you find that, like, in that, in, in, in your profession, people have a problem with somebody who speaks their mind? Um, I think they do, especially more when you're younger. But now that I'm my age, it's like it's more acceptable. You know, it's kind of like when you're running around the block, they're like, okay, th- this is just the way it goes. You know, you can say what you want as you get older more. Yeah. Which is, my kids are, my kids are like, oh my gosh, mom, do you imagine what you're going to be like when you're 80? It's going to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, Siobhan, I have a few more questions, if you don't mind. You've been so awesome sure. to me this whole time. Um, sure. I, who makes you laugh? Like, who are people or actors that, outside of your family, like, who are actors that make you laugh? Who do you enjoy? I, I read something um, where you like Zach Galifianakis, I think. Yeah, he's hilarious. I also love Will Ferrell. He's so funny. I love The Office. I we watch the, the Office over and over again. I love it. Um, like Steve Carell. Um, I love Diane Weiss. She's hysterical. Um, who else? Oh, Bill Murray. I think is my daughter just yelled from downstairs. Bill Murray. <laughs> I love Bill Murray. I think he's hilarious. I love Melissa McCarthy. I, my good friend Monica Horan, who was on um, Every Everybody Loves Raymond, I think she's hysterical. There's some people that are just, you know, I, I, that that group. Uh, oh, she just said my daughter just said Jack Nicholson. You know, um, yeah. So uh, those are just to name a few. To I name to, a few. I used to love watching you and Melanie Hutzel. I used to love. <sighs> she's great. Oh she's my. God. Great girl, I saw her at the at the fortieth too. She's a, she's a great girl. She was very funny. Is that is that overwhelming? I mean, I can't even imagine what that was like. That fortieth. I mean, everyone was there, right? Deservingly so. Everyone is there. It's just like, well, you know, for me, I brought my son to that, and my whole goal. I was like a, a lunatic. I was like, all right, Peter, we're going to introduce you to every single person you want to be introduced to. So you know, I was like Rihanna. Come here. Hi, I'm Siobhan. Okay, this is my son, Peter, and he needs to take a picture with you. And she's like, oh, my God, are you men in black? And I'm like, you're Rihanna. (laughs) (laughs) So it was so fun. And, you know, people are just people. That's the thing. It's like, you know, in a way, who really cares? Were you ever at the point where, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I'm in a scene with Tommy Lee Jones. Or, oh, my God, I'm in a scene with Jerry Seinfeld. Does it ever – I mean, obviously – now that you've been in more movies that you must, you're accustomed to it. But when you were younger, were, were you ever uh, starstruck? Were you ever like, like- I, I really never was. Um, uh, once I did a movie with Anthony Hopkins, I was like, which I, by the way, I was cut from. <laughs> and I was like, I have to tell you, I'm never starstruck, but I'm, re- I'm starstruck right now. And of course, and when I, and um, Lauren Bacall, who she and I became friends, I, I was like, you know, that kind of thing to me, but pretty much I really don't care. Right, right. Or I'm not starstruck. Yeah, I but, could be impressed, and I think you're a fabulous actor or actress, but I'm not like, oh my gosh, I'm speechless. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I think you have to, I, I think actors who, who might be starstruck wouldn't last very long if they were. You're right. I mean, it's something you have yeah. to get over pretty quickly. Right. You know? Right, um, right. Is there anything? I mean, your, your your kids are so lucky to have such an awesome mom and, and, and dad. You oh, know? That's so nice. I, I, I swear, your house seems like one of those houses where everything is so. It would be like a perfect like reality show. I would I would love to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, like an insane sound. You're like my, my kids. Are like, yeah, it's not so great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned the movie you were uh, you're, you're shooting. You said in the 
fall? Is it next fall you're going to start shooting? Yeah, in the fall. Yes, yes. Is there anything else you wanted to get out there that, that you've been working on or, or, or projects that are, that are in development? Um, that is it for now. Um, and because that's been my main main focus, then hopefully, you know, something else will come along. Well, I want to say best of luck to your to your to your oldest that, that's working at the post and your your son yes. West Virginia and your college hunting. I I, I hope that you yes. have safe travels and you know I really could not have asked for a better guest to come on and, and you were well, so I, nice. I appreciate it. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. And, and you never forgot. Oh, you stuck with me, and I, and I can't thank you enough for that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate I appreciate you taking the interest, Siobhan. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time.